You're listening to a message from Grace Church of North Brunswick, where people are empowered, impacted, and enriched through the good news of the gospel. To learn more about Grace Church, visit our website at gracechurchnv.com. And now we hope that you enjoy this message. Father, if anyone came in here sick in their body, mentally, socially, emotionally depressed, struggling financially, maybe feeling lonely, Maybe this time of the year is not a happy time for them. I pray that they would leave with the joy of the Lord. Holy Spirit, speak through me to your people, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I just want to leave you with one thing today. I was really thinking about how great it is around Christmas time, how you you just feel something, you know? How many of you know what I'm talking about? You just feel some kind of joy, something from the lights, maybe... You know, our kids are old now, so we don't have to buy presents for everybody. Just give them money. Money. Here you go. But um, the other day, we went to the mall, because, of course, my wife has to get a present for herself for Christmas. So we went to the mall, and I was like, in the mall, I felt like, oh, okay, it's Christmas now. You know, because stuff was going on. But the Lord was like, you should feel Christmas all the time. Even though it is once a year, and even though it is great that we celebrate it, once a year, and, it, and there's a build-up, and there's a, a Christmas high, and that happens on Christmas Eve, and then you wake up to Christmas morning, and it starts to faint, and then there's two days after Christmas, you're like, what happened? And the Lord said, keep it the way Mary did. It says that, you know, when the, <laughs> Gabriel came to Mary, told her she was going to be pregnant, and then later on, shepherds came to Mary and told her that angels had spoken to them in the fields. And this was her response. In Luke 2.19, it says, Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Mary kept all these things. It means she protected, she guarded. The word there literally means that she preserved them in a place in her heart and in her memory not to forget them. And so the Lord said, that feeling, that that emotion you had when you woke up this morning about the fact that I sent my son, keep that. Keep that every day. Wake up every day thinking about the fact that Jesus was born. Oh, children, you're dismissed to Children's Church up to junior high if you'd like to go. I know you all stayed because you wanted to hear me preach, but uh, kids up to junior high are dismissed to Children's Church. Amen. Amen. Why are there some adults leaving? Not in... <laughs> Thanks, son. It says that Mary kept and protected and guarded all these things in her heart. And, uh, you know, to keep them in mind, it literally means to keep them in mind lest they be forgotten. Let's not forget that Jesus came for us, that a Savior was born for us. How many of you know you need a Savior? How many of you are glad that he came? Hallelujah. I preached a message, the Holy Spirit gave me a message a couple years ago, I'm glad he came. Because I don't know where I'd be without him, and I don't know where we'd be without him. Um... And it says that she kept all these things in her heart. In Luke 2.51, 
We see, Mary, we see it saying the same thing in the scriptures. Now, this is later on in the life of Jesus. When Jesus was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem, and uh, they went to the temple, and they left. And, and the family left, and they were about a day's journey from Jerusalem, and all, they re they, all of a sudden they realized is they didn't have Jesus with them. You think that somebody else wrote Home Alone? Jesus was the first home alone. They were a day's journey away, and they didn't even know that Jesus, the Son of God, <laughs> let, let me, the Son of God, they left in the temple. It's kind of like when I say, you know, sign in your kids. This is why you don't forget to leave them here at church. Because if there was kids left at church, in the end, they'd probably have to go to our house, huh? Okay. Boy, <laughs> I got treats. Yeah. They're not puppies. They're children. <laughs> we have pu We just got puppies. They're like kids to her. They eat before I do. So now the puppies and my kids all eat before I do. Can I get some to eat? I got to feed the puppies first, and I got to feed the kids first. What's good? Puppies, kids, me? Something's wrong. How many of you have, you know, your spouse treats the, treats the puppies better than you? Raise your hand. There you go. Two hands, three. There we go. Oh, my God. But so they left Jesus, and they were like, oh, my God, we left Jesus. So they went back to the temple, and when they found Jesus, they said, what are you doing? And he said, I have to be about my father's business. Like, he almost, like, disowned his parents, you know? Like, I'm busy doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And instead of getting upset, instead of getting offended, it says that Mary kept these things in her heart. There it is again. Kept these things. Preserved them. Kept them in mind, lest they be forgotten. These things. Now, these things is... is now, the, this word that these things in the Greek is, is never translated these things except for right here. It's the Greek word rhema. How many of you know that word? Rhema. Have you ever heard that word? Pastor Kevin, of course you know the word rhema. You went to rhema Bible school. And rhema is the word. Rhema is a divine word. Have you ever gotten a divine word from God? That's the only place you would get a divine word. But have you ever gotten a divine word? It's a word that God is speaking directly to you. I like to define rhema as like a ray from God specifically for you. The other word for word is logos, which means a big message. But the word rhema means something specifically for you, a divine word. And God had a divine word for Mary, and she kept that word in her heart. How many of you have ever gotten a word that you've never forgotten from God, that you've kept and preserved in your heart? Some of you are only still married because you got a divine word from God that I will not leave this marriage but in a uh, but in a, what is <laughs> but in a box. That's a divine word right there. One of my friends that we said to Jesus, she said, nobody's leaving except in a box. In other words, my husband, if he tries to leave me, he'll be dead. <laughs> nobody's leaving but in a box. 
How many of you have got a divine word? I got a divine word to start Grace Church of North Brunswick 16 years ago. And I've kept it in my heart and I've treasured it and I've guarded it. And I will never let it go. And I will always meditate on it. Because when things are going up and things are going down, there's many times you would want to let go of what God told you to do. But if you hold and treasure it, he'll bless it. So she treasured all these things in her heart. Mary never let go, did she? And later on, at Cana in Galilee, when they ran out of wine at the wedding, the people came to Jesus' mother, and she went like this, whatever he tells you, do. Because she learned that his voice was a divine voice. Everything that he said was a rhema word. Kept it in her heart. And let me tell you something. Last night we talked about making room for Jesus in your heart. Once you've made room for him in your heart, Whatever he speaks to you, whether it be through shepherds, because the angel spoke to the shepherds and spoke to Mary. She treasured that in her heart. When God speaks through one of the shepherds here and speaks to you, there are divine words that go forth from the pastors, the Sunday school leaders, the worship leaders, the, the home group leaders. Divine words to you that you need to treasure and keep and hold on to and ponder why would Mary need to hold on to this stuff? Because things weren't always going to be easy for her. How many of you know that things aren't always easy? And that's when what's stored up and being pondered in your heart is what sustains you. I want you to see three quick things about pondering things in your heart today. The first one is from Proverbs 23, 7. They're all from Proverbs. You've heard this before. And here's why it's so important what you're treasuring in your heart, what you're keeping in your heart. Because as a person thinks in his heart, that's who he is. That's who she is. And it says, as one who reckons, he says, you're talking about this person, says, eat and drink, but his heart really isn't with you. It's talking about a person who's stingy, who has an evil eye, but on the outside acts like they're generous. Do you know what I'm talking about right now? And what this proverb is saying is, on the outside isn't what's on the inside, and what's on the inside is really the most important. For as a man thinks in his heart, that's who they really are. Somebody say amen. amen. It's like around the holidays when you're nice to somebody that you're really mad at, or somebody you haven't forgiven. How many of you are holding a grudge right now, this holiday? Come on, raise your hand. That's the beginning of your healing Amen? Amen? What you're keeping in your heart, what you're pondering in your heart, what you're guarding in your heart, that's who you really are. Guard this. Jesus Christ came, the Son of God, to be with us and then to die on the cross for our sins, to take our punishment. And if we put our faith and trust in him, we're totally free, we're totally forgiven, we're guilt-free, we're shame-free, we're born again to a new life, to a new... It's... You know what? It'll get you through every day. It'll get you through every trial. What you think in your heart is who you really are. Number two, Proverbs 16, 9. You know why it's important to what you ponder and keep and guard in your heart? Because your heart plans your way. I said your heart plans your way. How many of you know a young lady in church 
that will be dating a young man who doesn't know the Lord, and you say, do not marry that young man. And they marry that young man, and it turns out to be a disaster. Why do they do it? Because their heart has already planned the way. Now, of course, my daughters don't do that <laughs> because my heart has planned their way. <laughs> and they're not allowed to do it their way unless it lines up with my way, which lines up with his way. But a man's heart, listen, we decide in our heart what we're going to do, right? Honey, I'm going shopping. Please don't go shopping today. I really need you today, hon. Honey, I'm going shopping. Please don't go shopping today, hon. I really need you to do something. Okay. Time comes. It's 1 o'clock. Hey, Leash. Leash, where are you? Girls, where's mom? She's shopping. Because her heart planned the way a long time ago. Amen? I mean, we plan our own way in our heart. But know this. When we plan our heart his way, he will direct our steps. We need to be in step with God. So many people are not in step with what God is doing. And I find myself all the time like, I'm off step. I'm off step. I lose the beat. Got to be in the beat with what he's doing. And when you're in the beat with what he's doing, your heart, see, he gives you the desires of your heart. And then the desires of your heart become his desires. Amen? Amen? And when your desires are his desires, then he will direct your steps. Amen? Yes. Hallelujah. How great is that? You know, we're trying to buy that building next door, and the people, they just, I don't know what it is. You know, in my heart, I had the plan that we were all ready going to buy it. But you know what the Lord said to me? Just get in step with what I'm doing. I'll take care of the steps. Just get back in step. I got this. It was the same way before we got this building. And the realtor was like, there's no way you get in this building. And the Lord told me to drive around this building seven times. And I did in my Honda. I drove around this building seven times. The people in the bagel shop, all of a sudden there was people. You know how long it takes to drive around a building seven times? You would think that's something quick. That took a long time. And every time I went around, somebody else in that parking lot over there was like, watch, watch. Watch, this car's going to come around. Watch. So like the third or fourth time, I just went, hey, how you doing? I'm the crazy church guy. I drove around it seven times, and I got into the parking lot the seventh time, and like, just like the Israelites, would knock the walls down. I opened my car window, and I screamed because I was mad. <laughs> I was like, this is ours. And it was a month later, we signed the contract. So you got to get, get in God's step. I'm not... I'm telling you, I was way out of God's will. Because when that realtor who was a friend of mine first told me we lost the building, I was like, yeah, you, you can figure that out, right? <laughs> I, I'm really mean sometimes to customer service people, aren't I, kids? They're like, what's dad doing? Why is he so mad? He's on with customer service. These days, it's not even customer service. I'm serious. They know, the people that work with me, like in the office, they know to just close the door. Grace just closes the door. He's obviously on. There's a computer talking to him right now. He's really mad. And when somebody finally answers, they're speaking the language that I don't understand. 
and then I get really mad, and then I'm like, let me talk to your manager, and they put you on hold, and then you get a dial tone, and that's it. I'm done. You know, I get out of his, and then Alicia comes in, you need to calm down, Pastor Joe. <laughs> Every time, you know what? Be careful about this pastor thing, because everything I do wrong now, it's like, really, Pastor Joe? Is that how you do it, Pastor Joe? Really, Pastor Joe? She just, and it's so good, because I'm like, okay. Be in step with God. Finally, Proverbs 4, 23. Keep your heart. Before we leave today, look at somebody next to you and say, keep your heart. And why do I say that? Why do I ask you to look at somebody? You know, everybody goes, well, I don't want to look at nobody and say nothing. Sometimes you need to hear from somebody else. I have a friend uh, who's a minister, and man, till I'm blue in the face, I try to tell him, listen, you're not doing this right. You got you to gotta stop. But he's alone. Uh, he has no one to talk to. He has no one to bounce stuff off of. That's what ha happens to, you know, some people, you know, you don't have anybody to bounce stuff off of, so you start to get weird thoughts in your head. That's why people commit suicide, because they convince themselves of something that really isn't true, that maybe they're ugly or they're no good or that they're never going to be happy. They just need to talk to somebody. Listen, talk to somebody this Christmas. There could be somebody next to you that's totally depressed, that needs to hear that Jesus came, that they're special, that God loves them. This is the time. I'm going to tell you something right now. This is the time. This is the time where depression will show itself. It showed itself in my life for at least 12 years around the holidays. I was the most depressed. I struggled with depression. And I just needed, I needed somebody to tell me there was a, an answer. And my nephew's here. His dad, my big brother, is the one that told me, said, said you don't have to live like this anymore. You don't have to be depressed. God loves you. And then Christmas became something real to me. You see, you got to keep your heart with all diligence. Because out of it, out of this heart, out of what you ponder, out of what you guard, springs all the issues of life. Amen. All the issues. And what does that mean? It means this heart is a fountain for your life. And everything that goes on outside of this heart the outflow of your life, the life you live will be based totally on what you keep and ponder and guard in your heart. So Pastor Kevin, watch A Wonderful Life one more time. <laughs> Pastor Kevin loves, the, how many of you love that movie, A Wonderful Life? If you show it on a big screen and call Pastor Kevin, he will come over to your house. How many times have you watched that movie already this year? Six times. He told me the other day, uh, he told me the other day, he's going to see a wonderful life with his brother and his dad. They live an hour away. And he was like, I'm going, they're showing it on a big screen. I'm like, you've seen it on a big screen before. You don't understand, it's a wonderful life. But it's such a great movie. Because you just, you forget how blessed you are and how important you are. This guy wanted to take his own life. You know, so when you watch it, that feeling inside that you may have, that I'm not worth anything, you start to realize, guess what? You are worth something. And, and you want to get an angel its wings, too. And 
If you've never seen the movie, you really need to. But what you ponder in your heart, what you ponder in your heart is who you are. It's how you plan what you're going to do. And finally, it's how you will live your life. Because out of what you ponder, out of what you guard, that is the life you will live. Here's, here's what, I'm going to finish it with this. Your heart, right, you need to live, don't you? Why? Because it pumps the blood throughout your body. Amen? Do we have a doctor in the house? Come on, Alvin, you're a doctor, aren't you? And do we have a med school student in our, in our in here? Right here. Could you talk to my nephew after the service? Because he's been talking to me about medical stuff all weekend, and I don't understand any of it. <laughs> right now, I, I'm going for a sleep apnea test, blood transfusion, <laughs> all these different things. I need to talk to you to make sure I'm OK. <laughs> man, these guys, man, they're saying all this stuff. I'm like, gosh, help me, Lord. Let me remember Jesus, 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 heal, heal, heal. But for out of the heart, spring, it's the fountain of your whole life. And out of your physical heart is pumped the blood. And in the Bible, it says life is in the blood. Guess what happens when the container of blood, what your body that contains the blood, if it's broken and it's never repaired and the blood falls out of your body, what happens? You die. That's why when Jesus was on the cross, they pierced him so all the blood would flow out because all the life would be taken from him. Think about that for a second. So what you ponder in your life is what you pump into your life. Your heart disperses the blood to your physical body. In the same way, your heart disperses the spiritual life to your soul, and it decides the kind of life you will live. In the end, this fountain will decide the kind of life that you live. Amen? Amen. Let's just say a prayer together right now. I want to make sure that everyone here has the blood of Jesus in their life. Think about this. The blood that we have in our body now is tainted. It's the blood that came from Adam. Everyone born of Adam is born into sin because his tainted blood, that life in their body is, leads to death because it's tainted by sin. It said, the gate, you know, throughout time you see how God protected the line of David. Remember the angel said, the son of David. But then the blood that Jesus carried was the blood, the divine blood. <laughs> you saw in the video how the, the woman just became pregnant. Obviously, that's not how it happened. But it says that the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary, overshadowed her. And she was immaculately made pregnant with the Son of the living God. And then he took that precious blood that was shed on the cross. See, we deserve to die because our blood is tainted, but he didn't deserve to die because his blood was perfect. But by him dying, he reversed the whole process. He beat the power of the devil right there on the cross. So the power of death would have no power over you.
And if the power of death has no power of you, then neither does sickness, disease, poverty, lack, depression, oppression, or anything else. Because if the worst thing that could happen to you is that you die, if you die with Christ, it's better. Peter said to live as Christ, to die is better. So if he defeated death, then why can't you believe he defeated cancer? He defeated sickness. He defeated disease. He defeated poverty. He defeated depression. He defeated unforgiveness. All these things. So if you put your faith and trust in what Jesus did today, you can live that new life of total victory. Amen? So if you would say this prayer with me, God is spirit, and it is by prayer. Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. So by saying this prayer, your heart can be opened by the Holy Spirit, and you can receive eternal life. So say this prayer with me. Say, Father, Father I know that Jesus is your son. I know he died on the cross for my sin. Three days later, you raised him from the dead that I might have a new life. Holy Spirit, come into my heart. Make me brand new today. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Every eye is closed, head is bowed. Listen to me. If you've never said this prayer before and you're not 100% sure you spent eternity in heaven, you need to believe that prayer today and accept the sacrifice of Jesus and your life will be changed forever. There is no greater birthday present that Jesus would have that one person would give their heart to him. So if you said that prayer for the first time or maybe it's the second time or maybe it's the third time, but this is the first time you meant it, you want to make sure, 100% sure, you'll spend eternity in heaven. If you said that prayer today, every eye is closed, head is bowed. I want you to raise your hand right now to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Raise your hand. Amen.